Thank you for joining us at Creative Church. We pray that this word blesses your heart and blesses your life. And if it has, I want to encourage you to feed what's feeding you and to give to what's giving to you. The easiest way to do this is to visit creativechurch.com give. Thank you for your faithfulness and your generosity. Be sure to like this video and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Make sure to click on notifications so you never miss an encouraging word from Creative Church. Go with me to the book of Matthew, the book of Matthew chapter 14. And uh, I'm so excited to preach this word to you guys. I felt pregnant with it all week. My water's broken. It's running down my leg and I got to deliver this baby. Amen. Some people are like, too many word pictures, word pictures. Matthew 14, I want to begin reading in verse 23. Matthew 14, verse 23, it says, When he sent the multitudes away, he went up into a mountain apart to pray, and when the evening was come, he was there alone. But the ship was tossed in the midst of the sea, with the waves and the wind was contrary. And on the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went unto them walking on the water. And when the disciples saw him walking on the water, they thought it was a spirit. They were afraid and cried out for fear. But straightway Jesus spake unto them, Be of good cheer, it is I, be not afraid. And Peter answered him and said unto him, Lord, if it's you, bid me to come to thee on the water. And Jesus said, Come. And when Peter had come down out of the ship, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But he saw the wind was boisterous, and he was afraid and began to sink. And he cried, saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand and caught him and said, Oh, you have little faith. Why did you doubt? And when they were come into the ship, the wind ceased. Has anybody ever had God catch you? Come on, just me, come on. Anybody ever had God save you? You felt like you were drowning? Anybody ever had fear cause you to start to sink in some areas of your life, but the Holy Spirit reached down and, is it just me? Come on, I feel like it's just me in here. Anybody else? Amen. Praise the Lord. All right, you can be seated. Let's go to work. Um, it has been said that Fear is a dark room where negatives are developed. And I, I believe that that's true. I've, I've, in my life experience, I've, I've learned that a lot of fearful people are really negative people. Um, and I, I don't know, is anybody, anybody else like me, you just have an allergic reaction to negative people? I do. I just, they like make me itch or something, you know, it's just like, how are you doing? It's like, well, you know, my back hurts and my eyes been twitching. I really need about $175,000. Like, it's like, is anything good happening in your life? Come on, the Bible says, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Amen. Like, like God has been faithful. And, and I just think that there's some people that are just so negative. It's like, uh, it's like, it reminds me of that Disney movie. Anybody watch you know, I've got eight kids. Anybody, anybody watch those Disney movies or those fun cartoons, Pixar and all? Anybody remember the Croods? that came out, come on, Minnesota, don't suck. Do you, anybody even know this movie? <laughs> right, the Croods, anybody remember the Croods? It's like, they're like cave people, cavemen. 
and the dad was like always afraid of everything. He's like, always be afraid. He teaches kids, always be afraid. Never not be afraid. That was his thing. Never not be afraid. Right? And so like, like he'd all try to get him in the cave and protect him. But, you know, the moral of the story was to get everybody out of the cave and into the light. You know, you're looking at him like you don't know what I'm talking about. Does anybody know these Disney movies? I've seen every one of them. <laughs> Little Mermaid, look at this stuff. Isn't it neat? Wouldn't you think my collection's complete? I know them all. I got gadgets and gizmos aplenty. I got oozits and what's-its galore. You want thingamabobs? Psh, I got 20. But who cares? No big deal. I want more. I know them all. I know all of them. See, that's the kind of stuff y'all like me to preach on. I'll write that down. That gets y'all excited when I preach on that stuff. You know, but, but it's, it's, it's true. You know, we don't want to be fearful people. And, you know, it's, it's funny. It, we're all born with two fears. All of us are born with two fears. The fear of falling and the fear of loud noises. So every other fear in your life, you learned it. You picked that up. You were exposed to something that taught that to you or something that you went through or so tra some trauma. But we're not born with that. I mean, you could take a baby and put it right next to an alligator. It wouldn't be scared of it. Because it's only born with the fear of falling, the fear of loud noises. All these other fears in your life, you learn. I mean, you just start to list how many things you're scared of. How many people got some fears? Come on, like me, I'm terrified of snakes. Like, I hate snakes. Like, I'm terrified. Like, I'll trip you so I can get away so it gets you. Like, I'm that kind of scared. Like, I am terrified of snakes, right? So, like, I, everybody has these phobias and these things that they're scared of. But, but as we begin to live and we begin to realize that, the Apostle Paul was right in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 2. It says that we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against spiritual wickedness and rulers in dark places, that, that the enemy is real. Then I don't believe in looking for a demon under every corner, and I don't believe in, oh, this is this and this is that. I'm not saying that, but, but what I am saying is that the demonic is real. Listen to me, young people. You can't play around with Ouija boards and checking your astrology sign and tarot cards and, because Satan, you can't play with Satan because Satan plays for keeps. And the demonic is real. It is absolutely real. That, that there are two worlds coexisting at the same time, the, the natural and the spiritual. And God is the God of both worlds. But the, the spiritual world is more real than the, than the physical world. Because the natural world is the effect. That's the part we see. But the spiritual is the cause. You've got to realize that there's, 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 there is a reason why your marriage is at war. There's a reason why your kids are acting the way they're acting. There's a reason why we go through what we go through. There's a spiritual cause, and we end up seeing the natural. We want to fight in the natural. That's why Paul said the fight is not in the natural. The fight is not an ethnicity. The fight is not a political party. The fight is not a person with a name. There is there is an enemy, and his name is Satan. Somebody say amen about that, 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 that there are principalities, that there are that we fight in principality. Principality is like a, like a, uh, a, a stronghold over a region or a territory. Like I could name certain cities and you could tell me the, the principality over that city. If I said Vegas. All I have to do is say a city and you, you, you know there's a, there's a stronghold over that territory. There's a stronghold over that city. See, there are strongholds over the Twin Cities that, that Satan wants. You remember, when, um, you remember when Jesus came to the tomb of Gadarenes and there was a man there that was possessed by demons. And Jesus, um, Jesus asked him, Jesus said, what is your name? 
and they responded back. The man responded back, said, we, didn't say his name, he said, we are legion. We are legions, which is, which is a military term. You gotta realize, like, like Satan has sent his, his demonic forces to attack your marriage, to attack your children, to attack your, your, your health. The Bible even says that there's spirits of infirmities. I mean, look at this guy's symptoms. He was living in the tombs amongst the dead. That's for all of us who feel more comfortable with people who don't know God. Ephesians says you're dead when, you're, when you are in the trespasses of sin. How many people know when you got saved, you became alive in Christ? So you're dead when, you're, when you are in the trespasses of sin. So when you're, all you do is hang out with, with, with dead people, you're living in the tombs. He was cutting on himself with a knife. I don't like me. It takes a lot of demonic activity to get you to the point that you don't like you. And you think everybody else is smarter than you. Everybody else is prettier than you. Everybody else can do more than you. Everybody else is more successful than you. His, other, his last symptom was he was, they tried to chain him, restrain him. Because he was hurting himself and he could not be, he could not be restrained. That's, that's lasciviousness. Lasciviousness is unrestrained actions. You go too far. Can't nobody chastise you. Can't nobody discipline you. Can't nobody tell you the truth. Can't nobody say, hey, this is an error in your life that you got to get cleaned up. You got no restraint. You just, just drunk on everything. It's not enough to have a, one woman. Now you got to have three. Oh, Lord Jesus. Now it's not enough to have a woman. Now you got to have a man on the side. Ooh, ain't no need in wooing. Y'all seem too much to be wooing. I should just preach on Jesus in the manger. I got a good sermon on Jesus. Just baby Jesus in the manger. But it's true. Unrestrained actions. Can't nobody discipline you. Can't nobody come to you. Some of you have no one in your life that can correct you. I'm 30, you can't tell me nothing. I'm 50, you can't tell me nothing. I'm 70, I'm 25, I'm three times seven plus. Can't nobody tell you nothing. Nobody, your own spouse can't correct you. Nobody can do, that's unrestrained actions. No, no discipline, can't nobody bring you into correction. Nobody, nobody in your life has the authority to bring you into correction and say this area of your life is out of control. You have got to get this under control. Nobody can chastise you. Nobody can discipline you. That's lasciviousness actions. Those are demonic actions. Nobody can talk to you about your tone or your mouth or what you say. Oh, Jesus, don't look at nobody. And Jesus came and dealt with this man and set him free. And when they saw Jesus, Jesus said, what is your name? They said, we're legions. And they said, we don't mind coming out of the man, but don't make us leave the region. They said, we got a stronghold on this region. We're doing something in this region. We don't want to leave the region. You see, when Satan comes against you, Satan, Satan comes against you with thought. That he studied you. That, that, that he knows your actions, your proclivities, your tendencies. That's why you cannot divorce your mind from your worship. You cannot become so anointed that you have no intelligence. You can't be doing stuff and you don't know why you're doing it. That's the answer children give. Why you do this? I don't. Come on. You can't say amen, say ouch. 
And it's true that in this fight that we wrestle not against flesh and blood, and these men are in a, they're in a real situation here because they're in this storm and they're, they're scared of the storm. Has anybody ever been through a storm? Five people. Anybody here ever been through a storm? How many of y'all going through a storm now? But the thing about storms is, you, is you've never seen a storm that stayed. Oh, that's so good. You've never seen a storm that stayed. You have a time of peace. You have a time of war. You have a time of good weather. You have a time of bad weather. Right? None of us have ever seen a storm that stayed. Storms come and they go. But the problem is, when it's bad, we're dealing with the bad. But when it's good, we're reliving the bad, talking about it, fighting about it, fussing about it. So it seems like the storm never ceases. So you have a 10-year tornado blowing through your life. And you become addicted to trouble. And your children become addicted to trouble and arguing and fussing because when something is good, it don't feel right. Something's got to be chaotic for us to feel at home because we are dysfunctional. And so you have this tornado blowing through your life because when it's good, you're, you're, you're still reliving the bad, talking about it, fighting about it, fussing about it. So it seems like the storm never ceases, but the reality is you never cease. Because you never put a mark in between what you went through and where you are right now. And say when it, whether it's a bad day or a good day, this is the day that the Lord has made. I will. Somebody say, I will. I will rejoice. You got to choose to rejoice. Sometimes you got to choose. I will rejoice and be glad. Sometimes you got to just choose to be glad. Just be glad. I don't feel like it. Well, bless God, you don't always feel like it. You got to just be glad. The Bible says to put ye on the Lord Jesus. Wasn't that faking? No, you got to put it on. Put on Jesus. Like you put on your clothes before you came here. You got to put on Jesus and put on worship and put on prayer and put on a good attitude and smile because this is the day. That the Lord is made. Amen. You got to put on Jesus. What do you tell your kids? You better put on a, you better put on a good attitude when we come in. Don't you embarrass me in this place. You, some of y'all didn't have the same parents I had. Until you had the Holy Ghost, you had mama. Come on, somebody. We didn't have time out. We had time in. Let the bell ring on your end. Let's go. Don't spank your kids. People say, don't spank your kids. It teaches them to hit. It te- I don't know what it teaches your kids. I can tell you what it taught me. As somebody who was spanked, it taught me to sit down so I could learn to exist in society. I'm just speaking on behalf of my own experiences. But these guys are in a situation, and they're, they're fearful of the, of the storm. And then they're fearful of the solution. Jesus comes to them walking on the water, and they're scared of Jesus. It, it, see, because it's hard to recognize God in a storm. Oh. And sometimes you can't see God at work when he's at work. That's why you've got to listen. See, the only thing that, that gave him away, that helped him realize it was Jesus, was when he spoke. Because they knew his voice. That's why Jesus said, my sheep know my, my voice. And another they will not follow. 
See, sometimes it's hard, when you're in the storm, it's hard to recognize where is God moving in this? Where are you in this cancer? Where are you in this layoff? Where are you in this situation? Where are you and my kids going crazy? Where are you in this marriage? But, but God, I heard your voice. One word from God. Just one word. God only said, come. One word. The miracle happened with one word. See, one, oh God. You don't need a whole book. All you need is one word. Do you know when people are staying married because they got one word? Do you know when people are staying in that situation because they got one word from God? I mean, you can be backed, backed in a corner with your head against the wall and the enemy coming against you. But if you've got one word from God, one word from God. When we were building this building and we were, we were there wasn't no ceiling in here. We, I was coming in here, it was dirt floors. We was in a pandemic, churches weren't meeting. And I'm sitting here going like, I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm building the largest blockbuster in the world. <laughs> I mean, we're writing millions of dollars of checks out every month, and the church isn't meeting. But you know what I had from God? A word. I had a word. And, and the fact that they're in the storm is really not the situation because boats, they're in a boat, and boats are designed to, to float through storms. See, boats are designed to go through the, the problem, through the water. That's what they're designed to do. The problem is when the situation on the outside starts to get on the inside. Boats only sink when the, when the storm on the outside gets on the inside. That's the only time they sink. And the key is to be able to go through it without allowing it to get in you. Because once what you're going through gets in you, that's when you begin to go down. And you can tell you're one of the first signs that it's gotten in you and you're, that you're going down is it begins to affect the way you talk. Oh, Jesus. You start to get negative. You start to, you start to, you, you start to it affects your attitude, the way you talk, because the situation on the outside has gotten down on the inside. It's like alcohol. Anybody here been drunk? Nobody wants to say nothing. On behalf of us reformed sinners. See, as long as alcohol is on the outside, it, it, it doesn't do anything. But once that stuff has gotten down on the inside and you have become intoxicated, you see, now it changes the way you walk. And it changes the way you talk. And people can tell that something's different about you before they even get up on you because you have become intoxicated. And everybody that was affected with Jesus ended up infected with Jesus. You see, it's not enough to have the word of God on the outside. It's not enough to have the Holy Spirit on the outside. It's not enough to be around God. You've got to let the Holy Spirit, the word of God, get down on the It won't change you as long as it's on the outside. It'll only change you once it's gotten down on the inside. That's why the Bible says it's the engrafted word of God that's able to save your soul. It is the word that has gotten down in your heart. For God so loved the world that he, see, you know, that word's in you. See, it can change you because it's in you. That's why you have no faith for Scripture you don't know. You can't pray for more faith. The only way to grow your faith is to know more word because faith cometh by and hearing by the... See, that, that Scripture is in you. It has, you have been intoxicated. 
And that's what you've got to do. You've got to allow the Holy Spirit to get down on the inside of you. And now they're going through the storm and they're fearful of the storm, but they're also fearful of the situation. It's double jeopardy. What do you do when you're in double jeopardy? When, when you're on the building, you're on 10 stories up, there's a fire, the fire's coming up behind you and the firemen are saying, jump. And you're looking at the fire and then you're looking at them. And you're looking back at the fire and you're looking down at 10 stories and you're going, is there another option? What do you do when you know the way you're doing your finances doesn't work, but you're scared to tithe? What do you do when you're fearful of the situation and you're also fearful of the solution? Well, I'm fearful to get plugged in. I'm fearful to try again because I got hurt in my last church. You're going to be hurt by church. Church is full of people. All church is is people. Did the carpet offend you and the floor and the ceiling? No, it's always people. People are crazy. They are just nuts. They're just nutty. They always have some little plot, some little plan, some little agenda, because all of us are sick. Everybody in here got something wrong with them. Even me. We all got something wrong with us. I save you all kind of prayer for discernment, watching, looking, following home, checking them out in the car. Ain't nobody doing that. Pulling counseling records and credit records. Something wrong with them. Look at the person next to you. Something wrong with them. Something's wrong with them. And notice whoever you're looking at is looking at you, thinking the same thing about you. Look at them and say, can we just all get along? People are messed up because God made man out of dirt. You keep looking for some other material, you ain't going to find it. That first husband was a dirt bag. That second was a dirt bag. The one you're looking at now that's so cute, he's a dirt bag. He's just a control dirt bag. And little by little, you begin to see little things, and she begins to see little things. The reality is we're two dirt bags shaking up together. It's just dirt. It's just dirt. Sprays, brushes teeth, deodorizes, bathes, and everything, but it's, it's all dirt. But thank God that God works with dirt. Somebody say amen about it. God works with dirt. And the dirt don't have to be perfect. It just has to be hungry. Because he that hungers and thirsts after righteousness shall be filled. Luke 6, 5 says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. If I want to know what's in your heart, all I got to do is listen to what comes out of your mouth. You love, you, you love getting drunk. You're going to love talking about it. You love gambling. Oh, my God, we got to go. It's amazing. You got to check it out. You love food. Oh, my Lord, bless God. You got to go over there and see. They got the best food you've ever seen in all your life. You talk about food like you talk about somebody. Oh, child, I'm going to sit up in the bed with a big old bowl and just eat it. Just what is wrong with you? <laughs> Come on, somebody, Amen. But if it's bitterness, it can come out of you. Jimmy's a snake. He ain't no good. It was 20 years ago. Hurt me to my heart. Tw tw Jimmy is going on with his life. He is married. Jimmy ain't, think he ain't thinking about you, boo. <laughs> See, because time doesn't heal. It's what you do with the time that brings the healing. It can be 20 years later. You can be 20 years more bitter, more angry, more frustrated. Come on, somebody. And I'm talking about real fear. Does anybody know what it's like to be really afraid of something? Like real fear? I mean, the kind of fear that takes the wet out of water and, and the breeze out of wind. Nobody knows what I'm talking about. It's just me. I'm the only person in here that knows. Anybody know what I'm talking about real fear? I'm not talking about the kind of fear after you drink milk after the expiration date. I'm not talking about that, which can also be, that can be fear. That's not good. You know, what does Seinfeld say? How do they know that's the date? How do they know that's the date it goes bad? Do the cows tip them off? 
How do they know? You know, but it can be fearful. You know, you're like, did anybody, let's pray over this. I'm not talking about that kind of fear. I'm talking about real fear. And right in the middle of this, Jesus comes in walking on the water. And, and now Jesus is telling Peter to come out and walk on the water. And there are some places that you can't go unless you walk on water. There's some things that you're not going to be able to do unless you do it with God. You see, when you walk with God and the closer you get to God, he allows you to walk on top of stuff that other people sink in. Other people, how, other people are drowning in it, but, but God's blessing you. Other people didn't survive it, but, but you survived it. Other people didn't make it, but you made it. That's why I, t- I watch people get angry and mad, and they fuss about politicians, fuss about the economy, and fuss about all this kind of stuff, and get angry and all bent out of shape about everything. I tell them, I'm God's son. If gas goes $15 a gallon, I'm still going to drive. I'm a, I am not walking. The devil is a liar. I am not walking. Somebody say, I'm going to drive. I'm going to drive. If little Debbie's go $30 a box, bless God, I'm still. I'm still. When they get them little, them little Christmas trees getting ready to come out too. Y'all know about them Christmas. Don't act like y'all don't know about them Christmas trees. Bless God as a reminder of how much he loves us. But there's some things that you're never going to reach and accomplish in Christ unless you're willing to get out of the boat. You see, getting out of the boat's an important thing because other people are okay to stay in the boat. There, there's, there's certain people that you are hanging with that you may have to disconnect from in order to walk on water with Jesus because they will not get your faith. They're okay to rock in the boat of mediocrity. But when Jesus calls you, when he calls you to step out, because the minute you decide to step out and do something with God, they'll start, they'll start preaching a powerful sermon that Satan preaches for years, a sermon called What If. Anybody ever heard a good sermon on What If? Because what if you get out the boat and you do sink? They told you not to get out the boat in the first place. What if you get out the boat and he doesn't save you? What if you get out the boat and it's not, it's not Jesus? What if the lump does come back in your breast? What if you don't fast enough? What if you don't pray? What if he does leave you? What if y'all don't get married? What if your kids do end up on drugs? Anybody ever heard a good sermon on what if? And right in the middle of the what ifs, Peter began to sink. Right in the middle of real fear, because he began to look at the ways. He began to look at his situation. He began to look at his experiences over God's truth. You see, let me tell you something. Your experiences are not true. God's word is true. And what you're fighting with is your experiences. Peter's a grown man. He was a fisherman. He says, my experience is if I try to get out of this boat, I'm going to sink. That's my experience. And what your experience wants to do is scream louder than God's word. And what you're fighting is your experience. And and you're, you're wanting to believe that your experience is truth. Oh, Jesus. Am I helping anybody? Am I boring you? I don't want to bore you. Okay. But... Your experiences will tell you one thing, but God's word will say something else. So your experiences will say, if you get out of this boat, you're going to sink. But what do you do? What's true? Your experience or Jesus over there saying, come? What's true? As a believer. Now, as a lost person, somebody doesn't know the Lord, all you have is your experiences. But once you're a believer, now you know truth. That's why Jesus said, I am the way. I am the truth. 
See, if I call, let me tell you why God can't lie. If, if I call this pulpit, if I said this pulpit's orange, I'm lying. Because it's not orange, it's silver. But if God calls it orange, it becomes orange. That's why God can't lie. That's why if God says you're blessed. If God says you're a good father. If God says you're a good mother. If God says your marriage is successful. You don't have to compare yourself to other people. Because if, oh God, I feel like throwing my shoe out in the crowd. If God said it, then that's what it is. That's why you got to know what has God said about your marriage? What has God said about your children? What has God said about you? We can't, we can't live in a world that says, well, my experiences are just this, and so that's my reality. No, as a believer, we believe God's word is true, not my experience. The, the, my experience is I'm at the doctor's office, and he says I have six months to live. But God's word says, by his stripes, you are my experience says all of my kids aren't serving God and it looks like they've lost their mind, but God's word says to train up a child in the way that they should go. And I brought them to church as children. I prayed the prayer of faith over them as children. I believe God and I put the word of God into them and I believe God's word is true that if I train them up in the way they should go, that when they're old, they will not depart from the faith. And you got to make a decision. Are you going to believe your experiences? Or are you going to believe God's word? Well, my experience says I was born this way. Well, God's word says you need to be born again. So maybe you need to be born again. Like I needed to be born again because I was born a certain way too. I was born in sin, shaping in iniquity. I had all kinds of lusts and attractions. I had all kinds of things that were wicked on the inside of me, but I had to be born again. I had to know Jesus as Lord and Savior. How many of you believe in being born again? Amen. So the next time somebody tells you, well, I'm born this way, say that's why you need to be born again. That's why you need to be born again. Because we are all born this way. That's why you never have to teach your children to sin. Because they are born in sin, the Bible says. Shapened in iniquity. Little cute, little, all these little kids walk across the stage. Mine, mine little cute. Little princesses. Wicked, lie. Just lie to you. Did you eat the cookie? They ate the cookie. Crumbs on her little face. <laughs> and see, we live in a world that can you stand to be, can you stand to be the only? We live in a world where people want to be the other. I want to be the other. I want to be like others. We wear our hair so we look like others, but then we get mad that nobody complimented it because it just looks like everybody else. We, we want to look like other people, dress like other people, but then we get frustrated that nobody, nobody recognized that the difference. You see, you can't be the other and the only. We want to be common and not common at the same time. 
We want to be normal and abnormal at the same time. We want to blend in and stand out all at the same time. We don't know what we want. We don't know what we want. Honestly, people are a disaster. We don't know what we want. I'm so hungry, I'm starving. Oh my God, I gotta get out of here. I'm starving to death. And then you're gonna eat, and three minutes later, I'm so full. I feel disgusting. I hate myself. I shouldn't have eaten that. I'm just so miserable. We just go from one extreme to the next. Just live in extremes. I got it out of the house. I've been in the house all day. I gotta get out of here. As soon as you go, I gotta get back. I've been out all day. I gotta get. You just one extreme to the next. We don't know what we want. You know, we complain, complain, complain. You know, it's too hot. It's too cold. It's like pastoring the three bears in here. You know, it's just like, this is just right. You know, I was telling somebody the other day, I said, now I know why God opened up the, the earth in the Old Testament and just killed all those people. I know why he did it. I'm not saying he should have done it, but I understand why he did it. I completely understand. We had one lady send an email. My staff told me, she said too many people greeted her. Too many people asked her how they could help her, and it was just too much. Okay. So I want to be greeted, but not too greeted. Because <laughs> if it's too greeted, I just can't take that much greeting. You know? And I want the service to be spiritual, but not too spiritual. Because I want to bring people that don't know Jesus, too. And then I want it to be long enough. I want the worship to be long enough that I connect to God, but not too long. Because my feet hurt, and I can't stand for that long of time. And I want the pastor to be funny, but not too funny. Because if it's too funny, it's not spiritual enough. But just the right amount of funny, but not too funny. It's just like, we, we don't know what we want. We just love to, we just live in this world of complaining. Come on. We just, we just live in this world and, and we want to stand out. I want to stand out, but not stand out. I want to be, can you stand to be the only? I was telling somebody the other day, like, I'm the only one. I'm the only woman that in, in, in my field that does this. And I, and I just, I said, yeah, you're the only. What do you want to be the other? Can you stand to be the only white person? In the room, the only black person in the room, the only Hispanic person in the room, the only male in the room, the only woman in the room. Can you stand that? Can God call you to be the only? Or do you have to be the other? Can you be the only? Well, I'm the only person my age in this church. It's like a bunch of young people. Yeah. Do you, what do you want to go to church where everybody is old? So you blend in? You're probably way more impactful here. Can you be the only? See, we, 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 we want God to use us and God do something unique and different in my life. But, but then we want to fit in because of fear. If you had no fear, what would you do? If you had no fear, what would you start tomorrow? Do you know how many of you are working jobs that you hate, but you won't change because you're scared? Do you know how many of you God's called you to work for yourself and start your own product and your own company, but you won't do it because of fear? Fear, literally fear. Fear is holding you back. And you're going to look back and fear is robbing you 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, 40 years. It's robbing you. Some of us, we, we just, we don't even go places like we don't even go to different sporting events in our cities, or we don't even go to different museums in our city. Some of you go home the same way every day. <laughs> go home a different way. Hallelujah. Quit saying, well, that's just not me. How do you know yourself? How do you know yourself when I'm 42 and I'm still discovering things about myself? Your taste buds change every seven years. 
So the iPhone gets an upgrade every year and you don't? You never get an upgrade? You're never going to upskill? You're never going to like ramp up? Quit labeling yourself because when you label yourself, you limit yourself. How do you know you're not good at that? Let's try. Let's give it a go. Let's invest. Let's see what God will do. You're at Creative Church. You, you attend Creative Church. My God, somebody's got to go on Shark Tank. How many of you ever watched Shark Tank? You're like, I, I could have thought of that. Is that just me or is anybody else thinking like, what is wrong with me? How come I, I'm telling you, ask God to give you ideas, creative, don't be scared. Do you know how many people have written songs that they won't let anybody hear because they're scared they may be criticized? How many people have painted beautiful paintings but they don't want anybody to see it because they're scared of what somebody might think? Because the problem with creativity is somebody might not like it. And I just wanna blend in. Do you wanna blend in or do you wanna be the only? Be okay being the only. Be okay being a pioneer. Be okay stepping out and saying, yeah, I'm the first one. Come on, somebody, I'm the first one. You might be the first black person to ever do that, the first white person to ever do that, first Hispanic person to ever do that, first woman to ever do that, the first man to ever do that. It's okay. Don't ask God to make you unique and then be scared because he's trying to make you unique. Come on. Who cares? Somebody might... God can expose something that was in you all along that you never valued. Quit looking at yourself and be like, oh, I'm overweight, I'll never be a model. They got plus size models too. I might have a whole new career. Just around, I'm just waiting to be discovered. Just waiting to be discovered. But the only thing is God putting you at the right place at the right time, God will open up a door. But don't let the enemy put things in front of you that keep you away from your destiny and your purpose. That's why I didn't put the scarecrow up here. We, what, are the, what are the scarecrows that Satan's put in your life? Somebody told you you were ugly at seven years old. Your seventh grade girlfriend told you you were ugly. And now you have no self-esteem. No self-confidence because somebody told you you were ugly. Never mind the fact that she's gone on and gone out and blown out and looks like a beat up Stroll's beer truck that's been in a car wreck. I don't, I can't say everything I'm thinking of. But you have no self-confidence. And you have no self-assurance because somebody said something over you that left you hurting and left you wounded and left you bleeding. See, see, words are invasive and I'm sorry is not always a good band-aid. You gotta believe in yourself. Paul says, I can do. Everybody say, I can do. He says, I can do all things through Christ. Who strengthens me. But before he brings up Christ, he brings up himself. I can do. Because Christ can't strengthen an eye that can't do. What are the scarecrows that Satan's put up to stop you from your destiny? And Corinthians says that three things remain. Faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love, what are the things that you're hoping for? Come on, does anybody have a dream? What are you saying, Pastor? What are you trying to do? I'm trying to get you to dream again. I'm trying to get you to believe again. You know, my, I have these, these kids, and they believe they can do anything. Like Liliana, we just celebrated her birthday. She's born on our anniversary because we can't have anything. <laughs> right? 
So like she's born on, on our on our on our anniversary, and she believes she can do anything. When she walks out here on this stage, sometimes to pray for me, she thinks y'all came to see her. <laughs> Let me show you what you came to see. Right? She she has amazing. See, nobody can give you self-confidence. That's why it's called. You gotta believe in you. You gotta believe in you. You gotta believe in you to help help other people realize they're seeing it wrong. You ever had people and they're, they're trying to convince you that they're, they, that they're the most beautiful thing they'd ever seen? You think, well, maybe I'm seeing it wrong. Maybe I need to relook at this. You got to get up in the morning. I got up in the morning. See, some of y'all just looking at me like I'm crazy. You ready to go home? But I got up in the morning. I got amazing self confidence. I got up in the morning. I looked in the mirror. I was like, "You amazing. You sexy. You gonna change the world." Like you got to have that kind of confidence. I'm not waiting on you to say amen or whatnot. I feel like I'm killing it right now. Faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. You see, the thing is. When you take down the scarecrow, you know what you're left with? You're left with the cross. All scarecrows are on crosses. When you take it down, you're left with the cross. What's the scarecrow that Satan's put up to try to keep you away from coming to Jesus? What is the scarecrow that Satan has put up to try to keep you away from coming to know him as Lord and Savior? It's a mirage. You remember like Wizard of Oz? Anybody remember Wizard of Oz? Come on. Don't, don't suck. Do y'all know what it's like, Minnesota? Do you know this movie or you don't? Okay. So, like, what is, I think I'm here by myself. The lights are on. I can see. So, like, you remember you got the tin man, the lion man, the scarecrow dude, and they're all there, and there's that wizard, and there's all this smoking and popping and fizzing and fizzing and everything, and Toto. Do y'all remember Oz? Toto runs around there and pulls the curtain, and it's just this guy. And they say, we come all this way and did all this, and it just, that's the enemy. That's the enemy. I'm saying, do not allow the scarecrow to stop you from walking in your destiny. Some people are bitter and angry. They don't even know why. I haven't talked to him in 20 years. I told myself, why, what happened? I don't really remember. But it was something about the, how can you be that angry and you can't even remember Hallelujah. what you're angry about? And you let the enemy rob you of your life. Let's get our lives back. Come on, are you with me? Let's get our lives back. Let's get our hope back. Let's get our faith back. Let's get our love back. And let's, let's take down the scarecrow. And let's embrace the cross. You get something out of this today? Come on, give God a big praise. Hey, everyone. I want to say thank you so much for joining us today on our Creative Church YouTube page. Please subscribe to our channel and ring the bell for notifications. I also just want to take a moment to say thank you to everyone who continues to support the vision that God's given us here at Creative Church. You know, I know that we're all born with two fears, the fear of falling and the fear of loud noises. Every other fear in your life, you've learned it. And I'm here today to tell you, you can overcome that with the power of the Holy Spirit. Take down the scarecrow and be left with the power of the cross and the Holy Spirit in your life. We're praying for you. We love you. We'll see you soon.